Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to your show. Here's my mom, Manda Waki. Welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Rural America. I'm your host, Amanda Radke. And when I tell you I have an exciting guest today, that is an understatement. I'm fangirling a little bit here, but my next guest, uh, she is an incredible singer, songwriter. She has been on tour with Keith Urban, Florida Georgia Line, Miranda Lambert, Cody Johnson, Luke Bryan, Hank Williams Jr., and more. Uh, She is not only an incredible artist, but she understands what life is like in rural America. And so I'm proud to introduce you to her now. Her name is Claire Dunn. Claire, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be on. You know, I I, I gotta say I'm a new fan. I, I hadn't heard your music before, so I have mm-hmm. to admit, like I'm I'm a bandwagon fan at this point. But what caught my attention was my friend had shared a video that you had posted about what's happening in rural America today. And it, it hit home for me so much because I'm not a singer, but I'm on a little bit of a tour myself as a speaker. And I, I did 52 events last year. Wow. So I, I travel across the country and I see exactly what you see is mm-hmm. this kind of gutted out rural America with these small communities kind of decimated. Tell us a little bit about the video and the message that you wanted to share and, and kind of what inspired that video. Yeah, I mean, really, I. I've wanted to speak out about agriculture for a long time. You know, I grew up on a farm and ranch. There was a period in my career where that wasn't a possibility, I'll just say. And I have finally, you know, decided, made a conscious effort, a conscious decision to take back my own freedom as an artist and my own ability to speak about what I want and to say what I want. And that video was about a small town. It's actually where my mom grew up in Keys, Oklahoma. It's right in the panhandle. And it's been a town that's been decimated by what's gone on in agriculture the past three, four decades. You know, when my mom was a young girl, Keys was a vibrant town. There was a movie theater. There was a grocery store. There was a lumber yard, two gas stations, you know, and and a thriving school. The school closed two years ago. Everything else has been long gone closed. We had a restaurant there up until about a year ago. And, you know, what I think I wanted to do, and the reason for making that video is I want to educate, you know, as a musician, not a lot of people understand agriculture. The fans don't. And I think that it's important, especially in country music, which I definitely have a foothold in. I want to educate people that what is going on in rural America is just the beginning and it will spread from rural America to the inner cities. And 
our food is grown in rural America. And if you want to have a cheap food source, it doesn't matter if you ever get out of the city, you need to understand what agriculture is. And I think that that's something that on purpose or not on purpose has been left out of our education system. And, but yet we all eat several times a day, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, I have some of my own theories, but what do you think it is that is leading to kind of the destruction? And I shouldn't even say destruction, but almost the abandonment of small towns across this country. Well, I think you have to just trace it back logically. And for me, growing up on a farm, there's several things. I think there is much misinformation that is spread amongst the average, ordinary, everyday American about how farming works in America. There's so many lies and misrepresentations about the subsidy program and really what that is. Also, our politicians who have no term limits, who can lie to their constituents all they want, go to D.C., cut deals with foreign nations, major corporations, and they can line their pockets and sell out the American people's food source. And that's really what it is. This is not really about farmers and ranchers so much as it is. I mean, yes, it is about farmers and ranchers, but truly it's about every American because this is your food. This is all of our food we're talking about here. And it's it's much bigger than just keeping the, the farm and ranch producer on the land too. Well, I don't think people realize that, that the ability of the American farmer and rancher to produce so much and it's so efficiently that it's it's yeah. really a very small percentage of our disposable income as Americans. That's yeah. what's allowed us to flourish in big cities and pursue the arts or you know technology or other things that we have interests in. And yet I feel like, and, and you probably have an interesting perspective being in the entertainment industry too during mm-hmm. the pandemic when kind of the world shut down. But to me, the pandemic really highlighted some of our vulnerabilities in our food supply and that too big is maybe a literal too vulnerable. And so every time I see a small family farm with a hundred head or less shutting down and giving up the dream, to me, it makes me feel mighty concerned as a consumer that wants to go buy food at the grocery store. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, everyone alive or a lot of people alive left today they lived in america when we actually made products here when we had our manufacturing here and what i think a lot of people don't realize is that the same thing that happened to manufacturing all those years ago is now happening to agriculture and i I think people need to realize you know i mean i got a lot of different opinions on that post and you know some people called me a conspiracy theorist and i'm like whatever that's not me but (laughs) what a loaded term that has now become that allows people to discredit someone when they are trying to speak the facts. And the fact Mm -hmm. is, is we have very few corporations owning our ag production, owning our meat, owning our uh, grains. And then on top of that, we have them purchasing and importing foreign products that have no rigorous uh, standards like the American product has. And we're selling those products in American grocery stores. And because it says USDA inspected, people think that it's made in America when it's not. It's made in some foreign country, or actually we don't know because we can't have country of origin labeling now, thanks to our politicians. And so when you zoom out and you start to realize foreign nations are involved in our food supply, politicians are involved in it, and only a few corporations are, I think it should start to make people think, oh, well, if my food can be controlled, 
you know, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me if the majority of my paycheck has to go not to rent and shelter, but to food? You know, that's where things can go upside down very quickly. Yeah, I think just to, to comment or add on to what you're saying about foreign nations controlling our food supply, as an example, 85% of the, the beef industry is held captive by four major players in the packing industry. A couple of them are foreign-owned, Brazilian and China, and it's it's very unsettling. More than that, they're criminals in their home country on top of it. And, you know, I never want to make the consumer feel like the beef that they're buying at the grocery store is not safe. I mean, it's inspected right. by the USDA. It's I go to the grocery store and I am confident in what I'm putting in my cart. However, right. to me, the biggest travesty is that the American beef producer is getting sold down the river in this pursuit of the cheapest food possible that's being... Yes shipped in from foreign nations that don't have the regulations that we do right. that are frankly putting producers out of business here. That right. dollar is not trickling back. And so what's the solution there? Because I'm not holding my breath that the politicians are going to fix anything because frankly, they've made the, this mess. Right. Well, you know, one of my reasons in making that video is I think it starts with education. And we are also so divided in this country politically that you know, I want to cut through all of that mess because this is not a Democrat issue. This is not a Republican issue. This is an American people issue. Mm -hmm. And I think that the start, or at least in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but the best thing that I can see to start with is that we all talk to each other, whether we are on the same side of the fence politically, it doesn't matter because if we're all, you know, searching for food, Politics are the last thing on our mind yep. and educating the American people, speaking out about the lies and misrepresentations. You know, I've learned so much about what people think about agriculture and about farmers since making that post. And that's been an amazing thing for me because I understand more of how to counteract now what is being said by our politicians about people in our industry and how to combat those lies. And the truth is on our side and we just have to be bold enough to speak it to, to anyone who will listen. And that's what, you know, my goal is and my sort of plan at this moment and the best way I can see going forward for me. <laughs> so you have a lot of passion clearly, and it's so great to see. <laughs> Tell us before we head to the break about, about the family ranch, how you grew up. Oh man. Um, just the best way uh, possible to grow up. We farm and ranch, you know, and we have a commercial beef herd, okay. um, you know, so cow-calf operation. Um, at one point, uh, my, my parents had a small grow yard that was very successful, one of the lowest death rates in the entire state or, or tri-state area, whatever it was. So a lot of time around cattle. I love cattle. I'm very passionate about cattle. You know, of course, my dad was a wheat farmer, still is. I hate farming just personally. <laughs> I'm not a farmer. I'm more of the rancher. Um, but growing up as a kid, I couldn't stand being in a tractor all day, but now I would give anything, you know, almost to be in a tractor. And so I, I volunteer to help when I can, but he's got it under control. But, um, you know, a lot of time spent alone in the cabs of combines or tractors or pickups, whatever. And music was my companion. And so, you know, that was always been my friend growing up. And that was definitely a huge role in why I wanted to pursue music. And then my music is the way it is because of really my entire childhood, you know, just being a, a farm kid. <laughs> oh, 
Well, you're speaking my language. The second I saw that video, I was like, this is spoken from a cowgirl. This is, you understand the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into this lifestyle. And it was reflected in, and there was some pain in your voice in that, and there's loss there. And I, I feel it too. It's a tragedy that's happening as it's carving out, you know, the middle class and the small family farms in rural America. And, but that's where I think music, like you said, can be so powerful and it can tell the story that we need told. And when we get back, I want to do, I do want to switch gears and talk a little bit about Nashville and your music career. So before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our show sponsor. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew, and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com, an online stud service that features some of our clients' top performing bulls. Give Chris Earle, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back. It's Amanda Radke with Claire Dunn. Man, I am just thoroughly enjoying this conversation. I think I found a kindred spirit. I can't sing a lick or play a guitar or anything of that nature. But if someone wants to talk cows with me, I get pretty excited. Uh, So Claire, tell us, you mentioned in the first segment that you finally decided that you were going to start speaking your mind. Can mm-hmm. you tell us maybe some of the pushback you were worried about or what was kind of holding you back these years of, of saying what you believe in? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate to burst anyone's bubble here and people are allowed to draw their own conclusions. But, uh, you know, one thing that I think needs to be said is, and this doesn't come from a place of jadedness or anything like that. It comes from just pure honesty. Mm-hmm. Nashville is not what it purports itself to be. And if you are a person like all of us here watching this podcast, like you and I, our opinions are not the popular opinions in, in Nashville. And they're something that I saw with just sheer dismay was, and, and it still is going on, you know, people profiting off of the, the American folks like us who believe in the country way of life people profiting off of us and taking that money and they, they couldn't have any, they couldn't care less about anything that we care about. We have nothing in common. And in quite frankly, if we are going to talk about politics, they're on the complete far opposite side of the aisle as probably you and I are. Yeah. And I think that's something that it was very shocking to me to learn, um, you know, as I was in that environment, but, I, you know, and and for a long time, those were the people that I was wrapped up with contractually. And so if you were to speak out, you were punished and Mm -hmm. um, there was reprimand and, you know, it was not a good idea or, you know, what, whatever the consequence would be. And I just finally decided, you know what, screw all that. Life is too short and I'm not going to live my life according to, you know, I'm not going to 
present to be one thing and then do something else behind the scenes. I'm going to live in an integral life and authentic. And if people don't like my opinions, that's okay. You know, there's plenty of other artists out there, but I think that it's important now, especially in country music, that if we're going to be in country music, you know, I'm not saying you have to all come from a farm and ranch, but let's at least have something in common with the people who are making us millionaires or, or them millionaires and profiting off of, you know, their fans, you know, let's at least, right. let's at least be upfront in who we are. And then at least the fans can have a choice like, Oh, well, if I knew that about that person, maybe I wouldn't spend $400 on their concert ticket, you know? Right. So. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, those of us in rural America that pay attention, we've picked up on that too, <laughs> that a lot of these country music artists wear our culture and our, heritage and our passions and our beliefs and our values like a costume for a quick buck and and honestly make a make a mockery of who we are and and kind of portray us in ways like we're hicks and hillbillies that yeah. I don't know if I hear one more country yeah. music song about girls in cut off shorts drink it like I'm like is this I grew up yeah. in like 80s 90s country where it was like a real story was being told yeah. you know and yeah I, there's a lot of vapid country music right now am I allowed to say that without Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, when I moved to Nashville, I was like, you know, talking about like GPS and tractors and they were like, what? What? And I was like, you know, we're not just the simpletons that all y'all make us out to be like there's technology and ag that y'all have no idea even exists, you know, so. Yeah, I feel you. I'm sure you don't want to name names of who the super left leaning ones are, but are there some names in country music that are the real deal that you would you would say? live our values. I think that Jason Aldean is very brave right now. And I think that he's one of the forefronts uh, of, of major artists right now who are speaking out mm -hmm. and who are at least speaking up for what they believe in, you know, yes. and being upfront and transparent. I, I don't think what he's doing is any sort of a, uh, a ploy. I feel like he's coming from his heart. And I do know that him and Brittany, you know, they, kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. So I think that he's one. Um, gosh, that list gets awful short. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I know I'm blanking on on others. You know, it, it's something that really does. You know, there's a gentleman that's going out on a major stadium tour right now. Some of the things that he's done behind the scenes have been, I mean, I just was shocked. And I think his fans would be, but you know, that they'll all settle themselves. Yep. Well, <laughs> okay. well, there was there was a certain country music singer I had a run in with many years ago who uh, couldn't have her stage pointed towards the rodeo because she just couldn't bear to see the rodeo bulls in Nebraska. Whoa! So I bet I know who this is. I bet you know too. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and it's amazing. Sometimes people have short memories, but I remember stuff like that. And yeah. it's it's uh it's troubling to say the least, but I, I think we're getting to a stage in our country where we want to shop our values. We want yeah. to support farmers, ranchers, entertainers, artists, creatives, yeah. businesses who yeah. also support us, who understand what's at stake. Uh, so I guess my question to you, you know, you have some new singles out. You've got a, a long list of music that you've produced yeah. over the years. What are some of your favorites that maybe tell the story? Well, um, I think I'm just now getting ready to really start telling the story. Um, now that I'm free and able, you know, uh, this first song I put out of on my own is called Colorado. 
and all my music is on every streaming platform, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen. And that's another thing. I hope eventually we get to get away from big tech, but it is what it is. And that's where we have to go right now. But um, so Colorado kind of starts to tell the tale of me unwinding myself from just the web of Nashville. I Granted, I still have a lot of great friends there, a lot of great musician friends. I just was in the studio there. So I, I want to say there are so many wonderful people in that town, but they're the, the industry, the puppet masters that are there, you know, this was Colorado is a song about me unwinding myself from that and just realizing, especially through the pandemic, there doesn't have to be a centralization of where our music is made, you know, with technology. I mean, I've been working remote and making records in the back of tour buses and in hotel rooms for years, you know, and, and everyone does. So that song is uh, very special to me. I put out another song uh, earlier this year called Legends. And I've always wanted to write a rodeo song. I love rodeo and been fortunate enough to make some good friends in that space and always wanted to write that song. Never had a chance to. So go check out Legends. And um, then uh, Out of the Blue just came out. And, you know, that song was just something I wrote out, out of an experience. You know, I was I was actually on the phone to my mom and, you know, we were both busy and I don't remember exactly what all went on, but, you know, I'm afraid I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I got a little short with my mom, like, mom, I got to go or whatever it was. So I wrote this song just out of that. Oh gosh, I need to tell my mom. I'm sorry. Wow. And uh, so, you know, but, but whatever it is, if you need to say you're sorry, or if you need to say, I forgive you, um, whatever it may be, you know, that's the song for you. So uh, yeah, go check out my music. And those are my latest three songs. I'm really proud of. Well, I, and I think that independence that you have now is like you said, it's going to, to give you that freedom to really tell the story without fear of repercussion. I kind of had to go through that metaphor morphous myself working in agricultural media and working for, you know, big publications that were owned by, you know, super elite people in New York city. And it was trickling down to, how we were able to write and report on the news. And, and so now that's kind of what's prompted me to do independent media through this podcast. Wow. I want to tell the real stories, you know? I love and, it. Yeah. So I feel like we have a lot in common in that regard. And it's, yes. it, it is a freeing thing when you can just speak the truth. The truth is so powerful. All we have to do is release it and it will yes. fight and defend itself. And, and that's the cool thing about music is that it can connect in a way that someone just talking on a podcast cannot. Uh, So we've got to head to a break here shortly, but before we go, um, where are you headed next? Are you on tour? Are you performing? Where are you at? We've got a benefit coming up. Wonderful. Ranching neighbors of ours lost their entire farm and ranch in an F3 tornado. So September 2nd, we're playing a benefit for them in Lamar, Colorado. Okay. It's are on sale at my website, clairedunn.com. Then we're going to uh, Ellensburg Rodeo on September 3rd. And then uh, that's as far as I know at the moment. So Okay, awesome. I just got it one day at a time. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk more about that benefit after we hear from our sponsors. We will be right back. Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. 
It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. And we're back. It's Amanda Radke with Claire Dunn. You guys, we just had a great off-air conversation that's like too hot for podcasting. But you know, you know what's going to happen is we're going to have to meet on the road now somewhere. Yes. We're yes. gonna, I know the agricultural community is going to keep you immensely busy because yes. the, new, the new trend right now is for concerts after cattle sales. Heck so yeah. I'm I just going to like get you booked for a whole bunch so we can hang out on the road and let's do talk cows and country music. So that is a great plan. I love that. <laughs> yes. Oh, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. We're, we're just going to need the cattle prices to stay high to, to yes. be able to afford you. I, course, but. I will do whatever I can to support that. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a plan in place for moving forward. But I, before the break, you mentioned briefly uh, a benefit concert that you have planned. Tell us a little bit about what's going on and and the family that you're you're working to help here. Yes. Yeah, so um, a local ranching neighbor family of ours on June 23rd, an F3 tornado completely wiped out their entire home place. I mean, every barn, every head of cattle they had on the place, dogs, their house was just completely, it was down to sticks. And um, if you go to clairedun.com slash Duval benefit, that's D-U-V as in Victor, A-L-L benefit. You can see the pictures of all the destruction. And so like every or I would think almost every, you know, independent farmer and rancher out there operating is underinsured, you know, but everyone knows that to replace, I mean, he lost every bit of equipment, every pickup, everything. So the insurance is not going to cover it as we all can imagine several million dollars worth of things and homes and barns and equipment to replace. And so anyway, we're going to do our part as a community um, and we're going to do a benefit concert in Lamar, Colorado on September 2nd. And we're, we're all so thrilled. And I'm here to tell you, you know, as, as hard, you know, agriculture, as we all know, and I'm preaching to the choir, we don't get the big bailouts that the banks do and Silicon Valley and big business does on wall street. You know, we're all here to, we are each other's bailout. This community in Southeast Colorado, Prowers County, Vaca County and other surrounding counties and neighbors have all come together. And we've got a committee of volunteers. Every dollar of this, we have to cover our expenses. You know, we have to rent some equipment and things like that. But I'm donating my time and the band and everything else goes to the Duvals. So we're just wow. we're just out here bootstrapping it and just, you know, seeing something that needs to be done and taking some action. So if you guys want to support, please go to clairedun.com slash Duval Benefit. There is a donation link. If you click on tickets, I believe. Uh, once you click on tickets, if you scroll down, there will be a donation link and we would sure appreciate, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you've got, you know, it goes to a great family, God fearing, American loving ranchers. So thank you so much for letting me talk about that. Oh, it, I mean, it warms my heart to see you doing that, donating your time and talents to help 
someone in our community. And, and that's what I, that's what this show is about. Quite frankly, it's, you know, everywhere I go across this country, I meet people that are just doing what's right. And they're just taking care of each other and building each other up in their communities. And and that's what I want to highlight. But my preview episode of this podcast talked about Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. And for whatever the mainstream media wanted to say about how it was racist or it promoted violence, I'm like, the thing is, is you just don't even know us. Like you don't know what that means. To me, try that in a small town. It it's, we take care of our own, period. Yes, we don't do. need government bailouts or, you know, somebody in to come swoop in and save the day because we watch out for each other and, and we care when one of our own is, is struggling. So I, I think it's awesome. I think this is incredible. And we'll definitely link all of that information Thank in you. the show notes. And, and so everyone can donate or buy tickets, go there, get, get your autograph. Are you going to yes. have, do you have some merch? You need some merch. Well, you know, we're thinking about having merch, um, but we are going to have merch for sale there. We're just thinking about doing benefit merch. So TBA on that. This has all come together so quickly. Awesome. But we will have a live auction. Okay. Um, we've got some really cool items. Uh, Fender Guitars have donated uh, a guitar, a Telecaster for us. I'm donating one of my personal guitars for auction. Uh, we're going to have some, uh, what do you call them? Limited edition belt buckles made, uh, commissioned cool. by Montana Silversmith. Uh, we're going to have some cool rodeo packages for all the rodeo fans, ranch rodeo tickets the, to the world finals in Amarillo next year, um, PBR tickets, uh, Denver Broncos tickets. Gosh, so many things I'm forgetting, but it's going to be a great evening. So if you stand a chance of making it to Lamar, Colorado, get there early. Beer Garden opens at 4. Awesome. Thirty. So uh, you'll, you'll be fed. You'll get a barbecue and a beer and a concert. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of place. And you know, the best people will be there too. So I, that's, that's wonderful. You know, I, I want to go back to what we talked about in the first segment with the video that you created and get your thoughts on this. I, you know, we, we pointed outward, number one, that we said the politicians and all this corruption and centralized food system and, and all those are such big things that I feel we can't necessarily address or tackle on our own. I mean, we can try, we can be vocal, but yeah. to me, I think one of the things that we could do that would directly change things within a generation, uh, and I, I'd love your thoughts on this, but it'd be to stop outsourcing our kids to the big cities to, to uh-huh. retain, retain our best talent. I, I mean, I don't know what your parents told you growing up, but mine were like, the cattle business is hard. Get out of here. Go anywhere else. And I did. I, I mean, I traveled abroad. I lived in big cities, but yeah. I, I needed to be home, you know, yeah. and, and now that's what I see is I see there we've been sold this bill of goods that the only way you can be successful or make money is in New York City or Los Angeles or Nashville. Yeah. But are, are you seeing opportunities, I guess, for yourself to carve out a, an income, a way of life? right back in your home turf and, and can others do the same in your mind? I sure think so. But I, I do think that it shouldn't be as hard as it is. So I want to preface that, that, you know, we've got to have governmental reform because it should not be the lifelong live your life in debt. Hope that when you die, your insurance pays it off type of struggle. I mean, no one out here is trying to, you know, fly around in a Learjet like all of the elites who tell us that we're getting fat off the hog. Mm-hmm. We just want to live a normal, comfortable life. And so number one, it shouldn't be as hard as it is. Number two, do I think there's opportunities still in ag here at home? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to take a lot of creative thinking 
it takes a lot of work and it, it does take structure. I think one thing too, that I see going on, you know, and this is a little bit outside of your question, but you know, we've got some predatory lending issues in agriculture too, that need to come to a grinding halt. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got some predatory lenders who are trying to get land out from underneath the, the small farm and rancher so they can give it to their crony buddy who's already a big farmer or rancher and wants to get bigger. You know, those mm-hmm. kinds of challenges we can definitely stop within our own community. Yes. And, and we do. We've got some accountability uh, that we need to uphold within our own community. I'm not saying we don't, but um, I don't want to discourage anyone from coming into ag. And the more we talk to each other, the more we educate each other. I feel like too, in agriculture, we all live in our own silos because it is so hard. It's so easy to not talk to your neighbor. I'm not saying you have to tell them your business, but we've got to be communicating to each other on the issues and coming together on how we are going to reform agriculture within our own community and how we're going to educate those who have no clue about ag. And, and I think telling people, encouraging others, you know, I, in my post, I had so many people in the cities being like, I grow a garden. I love my garden. Even that is such an amazing thing that people get a taste, a glimpse yeah. of agriculture. And, and that starts to educate. I, I agree. I And I think just kind of being this authentic, transparent uh, community online can show people who we are in rural America. It can show because I always tell people we're not connecting by just talking about the science and the research. We we have to show our hearts and who we are and where our intentions are. And I, I always say if people could just meet us, they would love they would love us. They would want to support us and they would understand the challenges that lie ahead. And, and I'm glad yeah. you brought up local, too, because at the end of the day, I can complain about DC all I want, but the buck stops at the county commissioner meeting, at the yeah. those school board meetings. It's yeah. all these places that we can very much have boots on the ground. Absolutely, yeah. sheriff. Is your sheriff a constitutional sheriff? Does he understand private property rights? And yes. all of that is that's very much within our realm of possibility and control. And yes. I also think just on a community standpoint. I, encouraging our young entrepreneurs to re, repack up Main Street, fill it up with businesses. Uh, and I instead agree. of going on Amazon and clicking for something, uh, thank shop, you. shop downtown, right? It's a it's a cycle. It's a circle that we have to kind of retrain ourselves in, in shopping our values and shaping what we want to see, I think. I agree. And I can't believe I didn't think to speak on that. You bring up such an important topic. In our rural towns, what we have left of them, you know, Keys is virtually gone, but I live near a town called, uh, or our folks live near a town called Walsh, Colorado. Walsh has an amazing little grocery store. A lot of people still will bypass it and go to Walmart. And I just want to encourage anybody out there listening. If you can spend your dollars in your hometown, it may be a little more expensive, but what's the gas to go to Walmart? You know, Walmart is selling out your values. They are profiting off of slave labor in China. And none of the people who own it or run it could care less about who you are, what you stand for. And quite frankly, they want you silenced and they want you to go away. They want you to give them their dollars and then you hush up and go be a happy little consumer. Yeah. We have a parts store in Walsh. My mom and I were just talking about it today. We were down checking water for cattle and we came back into town. 
we went and had breakfast in the back of the parts store because they had fresh coffee on and we got a burrito from the grocery store next door. And she just sat there as we were eating and she said, how lucky are we to be in rural America and have a parts store and a grocery store and a gas station in one town? And yeah. we really are. And I just encourage everyone. There is all kinds of political things in every community and, and that's just life. But just go beyond that. Support those businesses. You may get to know them. You guys may have something more in common than you thought. Mm -hmm. And we got to keep our businesses going because we can't be dependent upon the cities. So anyway, Absolutely. there's my deal. Well, how, how can we support independent artists like you then also while we're on that topic? Oh, thanks. Um, I just tell everybody, go to Spotify. And I encourage everyone to go buy a $10 a month subscription so that you can listen to every song of mine on demand. I prefer you to listen to my new songs. So uh, Colorado Legends and Out of the Blue. But that's one way. Going to a concert, buying the merchandise. If you can't, if you don't want to, you know, listen on Spotify, buy the merch online. You can go on your phone, clairedone.com. Every artist has merchandise. Those are ways. Concert tickets are another way. And just follow them on social media. You have no idea how much that follow means. And sharing their content. Every share is so amazing and so important for an artist. And those are just a few, you know, simple things. If you don't want to spend money, go share the content. It does take like an extra step. You know, the, the mainstream country music, they play the same 10 on repeat and it's just yeah. kind of like forced upon you. But to me, it, it's, it's kind of, it's more exciting to hunt down those nuggets, those gems, that hidden talent that, yeah are the storytellers that get your way of life, but you kind of have to go searching a little bit. But then when you find them to help yeah. amplify, amplify their voice and their reach, I think is so incredibly important. Uh, yes. So I guess final question, do you have a favorite memory of growing up on a cattle ranch that you'd like to share? Oh my word. It's a hard you know, one. I know <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, there were definitely some tough memories. <laughs> yeah. <up>. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, one thing that I always loved when I was, when I was little, my grandparents had a ranch down near Hooker. Hooker, Oklahoma is kind of where my nucleus family comes from. We would always go up or we would go down every spring and we would round up cattle on horses and riding through sagebrush, the whole deal and packing a little sandwich, you know, and a water bottle. And my sister and I, you know, that's really where I learned the freedom of what it meant to be on a horse. Yeah. And uh, those are some of my fondest memories. I mean, we'd take off and be completely out of sight of everybody for half the day. And it was just our own little adventure. And I think all, and there's millions of memories just like that. And all those things, I had so much fun, but it also taught me independence. Mm -hmm. And I guess I still have that independence today <laughs> to keep doing what I'm doing. So, Once a cowgirl, always a cowgirl. You've, you've got right. it in you. Yes. Well, you this is yeah. This has been beyond so much fun for mm -hmm. me and just really, really appreciate the time. And I know you're going to have many, many new fans following your work. And just want to remind everybody, September 2nd, yes. Lamar, Colorado, if you want to see Claire in person, be a yes. part of a really amazing benefit. That's what we do in rural America. We show yes. our heart. We give generously. That's and right. we do what we got to do to get the job done. So, And feel free to donate if you can't, you know, come in person. There's a donation link at clairedun.com slash Duval Benefit. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I'm Amanda Radke with Claire Dunn. We'll see you on the Dusty Trail. Thank you.
The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Lynn's is a four generation family owned business. The Lynn's Heritage Angus program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle, allows Fred Linz and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at linzheritageangus.com and shop for beef at shoplinz.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the Dusty Trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is The Heart of Rural America.